Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. My name is Lindsay Lee. I'm the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship and training center, and I'm very happy to be here with you tonight. We're going to have an interesting conversation, I'm sure of that. I know that we're going to do some setups for the ministers to come and uh, to be able to have the roundtable discussion. We wanted to do that tonight, but a couple of our team members were not going to be available. So we have postponed that until the 31st of August. And I'm excited to uh, hear the things that are going to be said at, at that particular time. I also do want to thank ministers uh, Rodney Cutler and Minister Frederick Johnson, along with uh, Geneva Hollis and Crystal Kemp for uh, doing what they did last week. I thought it was amazing and I'm very proud of you and I want to thank you for it. So what we're going to do, we're going to open in prayer. We're going to set some things up. You are free, please, by all means, to ask whatever questions it is that you may have. And we will govern ourselves accordingly. <laughs> and that's the best I could do. I wanted to try out a new mic, but I think I turned it off. So I felt like, never mind, let me not do it in case I keep talking and nobody can hear me. So we'll have to do that for the next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the blood of Jesus, for the word of God, for the excellent testimony that you give us. I thank you for the men and the women of God, for those that come to seek, to hear, to learn, to change, to grow, all the different aspects of life that we have in pursuit of fulfilling divine destiny. I thank you that I settled into you, Holy Spirit, for the words that you desire to speak will be released through me and there will not be anything of my own personal agenda. And I thank you for uh, the lives of the, of the people that are here, that they matter, that we'll hear the word that we need to hear and that we will walk in that. And I bless you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Now, the topic is always relationships in this particular series, Kingdom 101 Relationships. And what we're looking at doing as we talk about these type of things is to test and to assess where we are personally in our own relationships with the Father, with his word, with ourselves, and with the things that pertain to life. And the reason is, is that we want to make sure that the kingdom has preeminence in all things. That's what the objective is. That's what the goal is. Now, I have a series of notes that have been made available to you, of course. And there's a couple of different one renderings of them. I have the Kingdom Life Mindset notes that we've kind of been talking about. They're not up on the website at this time. I don't, I don't know that we're going to make them available except by request. We also have notes on Kingdom Relationship, which was what we opened with. And when we first started this series, and we're going to continue with that. So what I'm going to do, though, is to kind of pull from them. All the notes have the same origin and, and basically lead to the same place uh, because everything is about relationship and everything is about going in the flow of what the father desires to do. But when we talk about the kingdom life and we talk about the mindset of the kingdom, which is something I, I believe that. This is the, the direction that the Holy Spirit really wants to focus in. It's um, talking about the ships that we walk in, the relationships, the friendships, and all the other ones that we're engaging in during our lives, that they must be rooted in Christ. That is the hallmark of everything that pertains to kingdom. It must have its roots 
it must be sourced from the kingdom of God. It, it, it can't be anything else. There is no mixture. There is no other place that we can derive our understanding from. And I can take this particular topic and talk about just about anything. People can give me assignments, which I get on occasion. We want you to talk about being a woman. We want you to talk about business or wealth. We want you to talk about uh, health and healing and wholeness. Whatever the assignment happens to be, it's always going to come back to these initial roots. Because if we don't have it rooted, if its foundation is not in the kingdom, then you're going to get a lot of squirrely thinking and we're going to be mixing in the ways of the world with the things of the kingdom of God. It is not going to, it's not a good recipe and it's not the direction that we're going to go. So when I look at, uh, I think for the last couple of sessions or so, we've also talked about, and, and Minister Frederick, I see you pointing out the different notes. I'm going to come from the notes called Kingdom Life Lessons, which are commissioned to fulfill the assignment. And I'm going to tie that in with another uh, thing that we're talking about, the mindset of the kingdom. And that has to do everything with, and another, uh, I think it was part of the overview and the initial, uh, some of the initial notes I used, which are called intentional superhuman living. Now, if we tie those three things together, I believe we're going to get uh, the answers to some questions for some things that we we want to pursue. Now, the intentional superhuman living, the top question on that particular sheet is, what is my relationship with God and love for myself? Now, Love for myself has to come from him. Again, everything you're talking about, when people talk about self-love, self-care, it's got to be rooted in the kingdom. You talk about, um, I want to have breakthrough. It's got to be rooted in the kingdom. The, if this seems like a theme, I'm glad because everything has to be rooted in the kingdom. There is no place in your life where you will have, well, you will fail to be victorious if it's rooted in the kingdom, if the origin is God himself. Because it, when he has preeminence, Matthew 6, 33 is a, is a very telling scripture. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the right way to do it. God's righteousness, God's uh, mandate, God's pattern. And then everything else will be added to you. And it doesn't say that you will add it to yourself. It says these things will automatically start to fall in place because they're going to be in alignment with the assignment of the kingdom. So intentional superhuman living means that I'm going to live the spirit to spirit life from spirit to spirit, his spirit to my spirit, my spirit to his spirit, his word to my heart, because his words are spirit and they are life and they are health and they are healing. His words are what really maintain my flesh more so than a, a, a vitamin or a medicine of any kind or any other kind of cure that we can get in the earth, none of which am I disdaining. But when the origin of my wholeness and the origin of my soundness and the origin of my power and my strength comes from the word of God, I'm going to find myself moving in a realm and find myself moving in a really it's a, it's it's bigger than the pond that I'm used to swimming in. Spirit to spirit life, spirit to spirit communication. This is the kingdom. When he says that the kingdom of God resides within you, it's, it's a spirit thing. It's a spirit connection because this king of the, of, this, of the kingdom 
resides within you. And better than that, because you understand, we say, but are you in the kingdom? That means that I am in him because at the book of Acts tells us in him, we live in him. We move in him. We have our identity. We have our being. So I am in him and he is in me, but who came first? The question, Oh, who came first, the chicken or the egg? The answer to that is the chicken. The Bible doesn't say that God created uh, he, he created beast and fowl and so forth and so on. He didn't say he created eggs because the kingdom is not rooted in eggs. It's rooted in seed. So no, the chicken came first. That's a very easy answer. It's not a philosophical anything. So by the same token, which came first, spirit or flesh? And the answer is spirit. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And therefore God did not make man in the image of the flesh. He made the flesh in the image of the spirit, but the spirit comes first. That is why we say, and let's write this down. Make this one of the notes that you start to meditate on, because what I, I'm going to say to us all is this is great to, to, you know, to listen and to, and to repeat stuff and to put it down there and go, oh yeah, this is what you're talking about. But actually what we're looking at is the application of these words. And so you have to write it down. An action of writing it down starts to, uh, to, to move it within you to say, I'm starting to receive this on another level. And so I am spirit. I am not my body. That is how you start getting free of any form of bigotry or prejudice or any other thing that might be um, misdirected at you. They are not, people are not despising you. They despise the things they look at based upon how they see themselves, really. But here's what it is. I'm not my body. I live in this body. Just like I, I live in a house, a three-bedroom, two-bath house. I'm not the house. I am a resident of the house. My body lives in this house, but the house does not identify me. In fact, with the way my front lawn is looking right now, since I have to get a new gardener, this house really does not reflect me. It reflects the condition of not having a gardener, but as that is taken care of, it starts to reflect my taste, the exterior of the house does. But I live not just in this physical three bedroom, two bath, but I live in this physical um, brown skin, blonde haired house. That's where I live, but it is not my identification. My identity is from the kingdom and that is spirit. We are spirits. God is a spirit. And when he communicates and his word is spirit, you can look that up. I believe it's John 16. I'm, I'll trust Minister Frederick or Minister Nicole to put it down there. But God is spirit and his word is spirit. And so what you're looking at is the, is the essential origin of who you are. Originally, you were not created fallen. Originally, you were not created with failure. Originally, you were created in the image of the one that you are to reflect in the mirror. You, he looked in, we looked in the mirror of his uh, word and we saw ourselves looking like him. He is the mirror and the reflection that we are to have. So when you look and you see something that you think of as distorted, if you look and you think of, of something as being like out of sync or any of that kind of stuff, then you are, uh, you're out of sync. I'm going to do something. I'm going to test something real quick. So 
uh, Frederick, just I'm plugging in a different mic and I'm just going to I'm going to pause the teaching just for a moment and just have you let me know if you can hear me. So just give me a quick thumbs up uh, once I put the thing in here and I'm just going to say one, two, three. Oh, there it is. I'm really good at this. And if, if you don't, just say no, and then I'll turn the thing on. Okay, so can you hear me? <laughs> I need a yes or a no. Okay. I feel like the guy on the Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Now you can hear me. Let me make sure. I got one yes. I need a second yes. Thank you, Carlita. Okay, we're good to go. Now we'll continue on. <laughs> All right. So spirit to spirit. Life. Can you see the connection? It is the spirit of God and the word of God, which is the spirit of God. And remember, John chapter one tells you that the word of God is Jesus. So you're looking at John one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He was with God from the beginning. And the word I'm paraphrasing now, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, what we learned from that, and we also found this in Luke chapter one, is that the quality of the word is such it being spirit that it can inhabit the flesh and therefore it can also bring the will of the kingdom to put the flesh in alignment with the kingdom instead of us always trying to get the kingdom to align with the flesh. I'll go back over that again. Let me say it again. Thank you, Nicole. Um, let me say it again. <laughs> Spirit can change the course of the physical. The word became flesh. The word came to dwell in flesh. But the word is not flesh. The word is spirit. He said, my words are spirit. I want you to catch this. Therefore, when those words, when his word occupies the human flesh or the flesh body, the words have the power to change the course of the body, change the, the, the inside structure of the body and cause the body to conform to the, to the spirit, which is the DNA of God, spirit, his spirit. And the body can walk healed and whole and anything and everything else that it needs to. Let me give you proof. John, I mean, Luke chapter one, uh, verse 35 thereabouts, but verse 36, 30 something right there. When he told Mary, when the angel Gabriel told Mary, you will become overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. He will come upon you and what you will carry forth is holy to God. And let's go ahead and we can look at that. Because this is the, this is what's telling us that we need to pay attention to every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So in John chapter, and Luke, forgive me, chapter one. I've been in here today. And let's look at, oh, what do I want to do? Here we go. Okay. Chapter one, let's look at verse uh, 35. This is when, Mary has been told that you're going to bear a son. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And so those words right there, he says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, spirit. 
and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Power, dunamis. Therefore, so breath and uh, power will come upon you and overshadow you. And the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. And he said, so the word became flesh. The condition of her body went from being a virgin that had no, uh, rep her reproductive system was in stasis to coming forth with a child by the words, because verse 37, she says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, or, or she says, how can this be? And he said, with God, with man, it's impossible. But with God, it is possible. All things are possible with God. So it is possible for your physical body to change from what it is, the current state that you know it to be. Even though you've not been with a man, it is possible because of the, of the will of God and the power of this word for you to be impregnated with the holy seed and for your womb to be able to carry it. And when she said yes to it, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me. She immediately received word, which came in the form of seed that changed the way that her body was functioning, impregnated her and caused her to bring forth a child because it came through. It came through her as the vessel, but it did not take her blood. It did not take her DNA. It required nothing of her but to be a carrier of it. That's the interesting thing about our physical bodies. That word can change your physical body because word, spirit word from God has, it comes at a higher frequency, a higher resonance, a higher level. It comes from himself. It comes from what he said. It comes from what he sees. It comes from what he assigns your body to do, your, your spirit to do or to be. Questions, go ahead and ask them. But I'm saying to you that you are able to decree and to speak what the spirit of the spirit the spirit words, what come from the spirit of God himself and train your body to obey the spirit more than it has obeyed the world, the flesh, the earthly, the sensual, the devilish. It simply does what it has been trained to do in the environment in which it is. But when we begin to train it according to the words of the spirit, we start to see and yield the results of the spirit because we're only speaking from the kingdom. We're speaking the words of God or you're not, you're speaking the words from the earthly sensual devilish realm. And you talk about how tired you are all the time. You can't get any rest. You talk about how you never sleep. You talk about the aches and the pains. You talk about your issues with your physical uh, weight gain or, or decrease. You talk about your app, you talk all this stuff. It runs in my family. This is this, this is this. And you keep renewing and perpetuating words that, that bring about an, undesi an undesired result, but you spoke them, you said them, you gave them power because it said that Mary was filled. He said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. You've got the power in your tongue to speak whatever you want. And it will happen because the Holy Spirit is not only upon you, he is within you. Now, he is not empowering your words. He says he hastens. God said, I watch over my words. I keep watch. I keep my ear. I, I'm intentional about what I said because I know what I want to bring forth. And you and I have the power to be intentional about what we say. 
I'm mad at this person. I'm offended by this. I don't, I can never forgive them. I can never be free. I can never, this is in my bloodline. This is this, this is this. But the words Jesus said in John 6, 63, I've seen it written down there. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that you and I speak apart from God, he said, it's an utter failure. John uh, chapter 15 is telling us that apart from me, you can't do anything except to fail. You keep saying what I don't say, you're going to get what I didn't give. You're going to get what, what was never intended for you to have. And you're going to keep getting it because you're going to keep settling for it until you stop the process, until you say, halt now. I'm not going in this direction anymore. You will go in that downward spiral, but you can stop it. Now, I shared a, a thing about how thoughts can work. I shared this with our group on, on Sunday. And what I was telling people is I had a dream in which I, I don't want to go into the whole thing, but in one portion of the dream, I was watching, it seemed like I was at an airport and I was uh, watching, I, I believe it was an onboarding. And so as you would go through the gate and start coming down the aisle to get onto the plane, and most of you, or many of you are familiar with what I'm talking about. I saw people, what looked like people to me coming, but I saw this one and it would look like a man and I couldn't see its face but it had on a hat. He had on a hat. And as he turned, com coming forward this way and then turning to go in that direction, I looked at him and said, he doesn't, he doesn't belong. Now I'm thinking that as I'm watching, he doesn't belong, but I did not say anything at that moment. But as I'm watching him, it looked like going down that runway, going down that um, plank or whatever to the corridor to get onto the plane, or in this case, to enter in. I said, stop. And I saw these two centuries immediately as the words coming out of my mouth, they're already in place to halt this thing, to arrest it and to take it away. And what I realized was it was a thought that was trying to filter in along with the rest of my thoughts to enter into the place where it would come out of my mouth and I would speak it, articulate it and empower it. But the word that already abides, the abiding word was at work. That's Colossians 3.16. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And the word was dwelling in me richly and saying we, the quality of word that operates through me was such that it recognized or pointed out that does not fit. That does not line up. You say something like that. You're going in a very different direction from what it is that every word, every word that comes out of the mouth of God is to take you in the direction of the fulfillment of what God has desired. It is not to take you off course. And so I'm saying to you and I'm saying to me and I'm saying to us, this is why Jesus would tell us, pay attention to what you speak. Pay attention to how you say things. Pay attention to how you think. Pay attention to the way things work through you and start to recognize. And I would ask you to ask yourself and to write this down. Do I recognize the kingdom of God from within? Do I recognize the thoughts that pertain to the kingdom? Do I recognize the ways that are of the kingdom? Or is it still a struggle? Because that's the thing that we're looking at. And that's the kind of things that we're looking for is to see how am I walking in conjunction with the will of God? Is the will of God being made known through me? Is the will of God being made known through the things that I do and I say? 
at my thinking kingdom, because that's what's going to ensure that I speak it. Do I, I take the time or do I still mix things? Do I still think, well, this is okay, but I, I, God hasn't finished with me yet over here. No, no. What you do instead is you submit that and say, here's another unfinished piece that I'm ready to present, to submit, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so that the things that are in this area that need to be added to me can be added to me because the things that are not of you are now being subtracted from me because I'm willingly letting that go. So that's part of that. Now I'm going to get back to what we were talking about as far as intentional living. And these are the, there are going to be questions that the ministers are going to have in a couple of weeks on the 31st of August. I'm teaching today, tonight and next, next Wednesday. And then from that will come questions that you will each be asked, how are you using these principles? What, what is going on and how is this word having life? So again, John 6, 63, it says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no benefit. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. That's the full scripture in John 6, 63. But also Romans chapter seven says, when we were merely living natural lives, the law through defining sin actually awakened sinful desires within us, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. This is Romans seven. That was verse five and verse six says, but now that we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us and our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code so that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Your freedom, your liberty comes from what God said. It doesn't come from how you feel about it. A lot of people are bound up because of how they are um, living. Do you see what I'm saying? How they are living, how they live, not how they feel. How do you live? How do you walk? How do you talk? Do you do what thus saith the Lord and seek what the Lord is saying? Because uh, this, I wrote this little note here. It says, lovers of God, allow him to love them. That's John 15, 9 in the Passion Translation. You must continually let or allow my love to nourish your heart. So lovers of God are going to allow God to love them by letting him nourish those insecure places. Let him nourish those broken down places, places where you feel rejected, the places where you feel left out. It's like, well, there's just a lack of love. That's all. And I can assess that and keep it very simple. Ah, I need to uh, go to the love doctor, if he will. I'm going to go back to him and say, you know what? This is an area where I'm going to let your love nourish my heart. My heart is malnourished. And it starts to bring forth the desirable, beautiful fruit that he has. Um, you can go to Romans 8, verses 1 through 16 and read through that. And um, it, it, it's a very, I'm not going to go into that because, but this is the relationship with God and love for yourself. But Colossians 3, we've talked about that, that Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. That's verse one. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. So we are going to feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill our thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. 
And now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And I think that that's such a very powerful thing. Galatians 3.3 says that your new life in the anointed one began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the spirit by trying to finish by your own works. Another way, a simplified way of saying that is, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, will you now be made perfect in the flesh? And we know the answer to that is no. But do you know why? You see, the why of it is what starts to bring the truth of it, the understanding and the revealed knowledge of it. The why goes back to what Jesus said in John. Apart from me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in life union or abiding in the vine, then you're going to be separated. And those parts of you that 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 are in me that don't belong, those will be cut off. Those branches, those father is the husbandman. He's the he's the he's the vine dresser, and he's not going to allow anything that is not of him and not of me to grow in me. And so those things will be cut off. They'll be separate. Now let's look at it another way. Instead of taking that as a scripture that says, I'm not going to make it, you know, I'm abiding in the vine, but oh my gosh, apart from him, I can't do anything. And uh, parts of me are going to be cut off. You see it as, wow, this is so awesome. So I can go to you and say, I think there's parts of me that are not of you. And he's like, they are. And my father will separate those because the only thing that's going to grow in me is purity. There will be no mixture. So I look at these words uh, from the kingdom point of view as the opportunities and the doors that have opened to me. For him to uh, to free me. Christ has freed me. This is Romans 8. It says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. This is the reality of living according to what he has said. I am no longer bound. We just looked at that. I am no longer connected um, to the power of the law. I've been made free from that. I'm dead to what once controlled me, whether that's a smoking habit, um, whatever kind of thing it was that controlled you so much. I was compelled to gamble. I was compelled to, to lie, compelled to cheat. People that have this thing, they're still what they call sex addicts. No, you're really, according to the word of God, you are actually free from this thing, but it has been a habit to do it. It's been a habit to chain smoke, to gamble, to overspend, to do this, to overeat, to, or to under this and to undermine or to gossip or to be bitter, propensity towards bitterness, whatever it happens to be, the habit of what you were like before you came in to the translated out of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son, you are actually free from those things, but you don't think so. You think that you're still connected. You think that those habits are you. They're not you. <laughs> They're not you. They are the things that used to be connected to you. I like to say it this way. You may have been born with an affliction. You may have been born in a, in a family bloodline that has had um, addicts or alcoholics or uh, whatever the thing has been that's been in the family bloodline all this time. Of this time. You may have been born that way, but you were not created that way. Your spirit man was not connected to a bloodline to have all of the darkness. That's not the way you were created. The bloodline that your spirit man has always been meant to be connected to is the bloodline 
of the Christ. It's the bloodline of Jesus. It is the blood that washes you. It is the blood that cleanses you. It is the blood that frees you. It is the blood that heals you. This is the blood line that my spirit is now connected to. This is the DNA that is to transform and is the DNA that righteously speaks concerning my life and my destiny. And that is something that you can hallelujah today, but then you got to eat it and let this word dwell in you richly and let it begin to permeate every place within you to have preeminence, first place. So I'm finished with those notes for the moment. I think I've got a lot more with it. But I want to connect this in these last few minutes or so. I want to start connecting this to the being commissioned to fulfill your assignment. Because what we talk about is origin. And origin and identity is always in him. Once you become born from above, you are assigned to original intent. Be it, it's not the you that people go, oh, you used to be this and that. No, that is the me that never was. The counterfeit life was never me. It's what I existed in, but it has never been the definition of the true me. It couldn't be because I was created in the image of God. And through this process I've gone through, I have come out of those things and that stuff has been washed away. And the Bible says that as far as the East is from the West, so shall my sin be from me. So you cannot identify me by sin. You can't tell me, oh yeah, you're the, the, you're the this or you're the that or the other. No, I'm not. You know, oh, yeah, I remember you because you were loose with your favors. You know, you gave yourself to everybody. The, that was the me that never was. That is not who I am. You used to smoke and do a blah, blah. I remember you, you, you cussed everybody out, blah, blah, blah. That's the me I never was. That is not my identity because it is not connected to who I am in Christ. Again, spirit words have transformed the body. This is why I've heard my apostle say that from the time she first heard that, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And she said, I am a virgin again. Purity was released to her. Therefore, all body parts from head to toe were sanctified and set apart. And so you might have been uh trafficked. You might have been uh, raped many times. You might have been uh, trained to abuse. You might have been hooked on drugs and still, you say, shudder from the taste of this. You might have been in an abusive relationship and your mind shut down. You could have been a whole lot of things out there in sin. You could have been a thief and a robber. You could have been a prostitute or a pimp. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you could have been and might have acted in that way, but that's the you that never was. It is not who you are according to spirit in which you were created and the words that have been released to you. See, this is the power of the kingdom of God. This is the power of living translated from the, the realm of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son is the, the identity, the true identity that has um, washed been wa all the other stuff, the falsity, the, the pretense, the, uh, bondages. Everything has been washed away from you. This is the reality I'm learning about right now. So I teach it as I go, but I do it. It's not just something to, to sit here and say, how come it comes out of me so easily? Because it's in me, because it's transforming 
it, it, let me put this another way. It is actually not transforming me. I'm coming into the transformation that I always was. It's a finished work, not, and we go, well, it's an ongoing process. It's a walk. It's a journey. Sure. You can call it an ongoing process, but it's ongoing, going on to what is already finished. The finish is in you because the finish is in him and he is in you. And again, you are in him. And it's not a lot of um, uh, double talk. It's simply that once you start speaking the mysteries of the kingdom, you remember Mark 4.11, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And so to everybody else, I sound like I'm talking in parables. I'm not trying to be confusing to you. This is the simple way of expressing the kingdom, but it is not for the natural understanding, lest somebody would just decide, well, I got it and I don't need God. I can just use these great principles and I can get God's results. Well, you can get them to a certain level, but then you will go no higher. You will go no further because to th these things have been set aside. And Jesus questioned it this way. Do you really think I'm going to give what belongs to the children, to the dogs? To I'm going to give what belongs to the, those of the kingdom, to those that are outside the kingdom? No, I will give to you the way into the kingdom. I will tell you that things are better. I will never withhold healing from you. You do not have to be saved. Whoever needs this, you do not have to be saved to be healed. And anybody's ever told you that is a lie. You don't even have to be good to be healed. I have a few family members. I can testify that. No. And yet God has healed. God has delivered. God has done. Why? Because the favor that is upon the life of my mom, the favor that is even is also upon my life uh, as a sister or as a cousin or as a uh, whatever it is I happen to be. It comes through. Is it the favor on me? It's the favoring of himself. It's his desire to deliver. It's his desire to release healing. It is God's desire to bring us out of the places where we have been. And, and we make it harder because we keep asking, why is it so hard? Well, because now that you've said it's hard, you've just decreed that it is hard and you're able to decree a thing and have it be established. You can say it appears to be hard. But I'm coming through and that starts to open doors and keeps you going, keeps you pressing instead of being depressed. You know, uh, uh, you start to walk in it in the power of what it happens to be. I have a few wonderful challenges that are in my life right now. And I'm challenged. I can look at it two ways. I could look at the situation and go, I'm challenged by the situation. Or I can say, no. I'm going to challenge the situation with the kingdom. I challenge your right to be established in my life. I challenge your authority with the authority of the kingdom and let it be known only one will remain standing. And since I stand in him, I believe that those things that are, are meant to bow, I will surrender to the name of Jesus and everything else around me has to do the same. There is nothing in me that gets to define um, or, or redefine Christ and make him less than what he is, especially not the circumstances of my life. PL, how did you get this way? It is the transforming power of the word. My actual response is, I cannot explain this to you other than it's what his grace has done. 
I did not, have not, do not sit and study for 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 hours a week. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't have a, a time. Isn't it funny? We say, well, I spent at least three hours in the Word. I spent time in the timeless realm, so I don't know how much time I spent. It's perspective in everything. Give him preeminence in everything. Identify with it the way he sees it. And I, I've got more on that, but I, I'm not going to get to that today because I, I want to stay with where, where I'm to head with this as we start to finish it up. Our basic idea, what do you want to talk about, sir? Do I have any questions, by the way? I see a lot of comments. That's so funny. Um, yeah, we got John 663. Thank you, Minister Nicole, for doing that. And also Luke 135, which is Mary and, and the angel. And so um, we've got a few other things. But do we have any questions before I, I go to the wind up? Anything that you would want to know based on what we've already talked about in just these last um, little bit here? Uh, this is your time <laughs> to ask your question. Um, meantime, I'll just go on and um, we'll see what, what else we got doing. I'm my own producer tonight, so I'm having a little bit of fun here, just kind of going through. I'm going to put up the offering ticker and let that start to go so it's rolling underneath me. And uh, that way, that's one less thing you have to do, Frederick, unless somebody needs it. Uh, it's Wednesday night and this is our training center. I'm going to start doing things a little bit different. I, I want to, while I'm going to give you those moments to, to bring those questions up, um, we're going to be on September, the first uh, Wednesday in September, which I think is the 7th, we're changing the name of the Bible study. Now, Kingdom 101 will continue. I'm moving it over to Dominion Unlimited, which is another Facebook page that I have. And that's where I will do teachings from Kingdom 101. They're not necessarily going to be live. They're most likely going to be pre-recorded, and I'll just upload them. And they'll pertain to a lot of different things that I'm either writing about or talking about. I still am going to do Wednesday night Bible studies, part of the team that does the Wednesday night Bible studies. And it is becoming a team effort. So the ministers and some friends that are interacting with it are going to be doing roundtable discussions. That's something that we're starting to build. I'm still going to do one-on-one -on -one type of things or, uh, or by myself and then also have um, others come in and do one-on-ones with me. And then eventually it's going to uh, I, it's going to, it's going to become what it becomes. I don't actually have the plan for it, meaning it's going to be the way I think it is, but the Lord has begun to create, he, I've begun to see the picture that the Lord has created for this and to, uh, for us to get this training that we're receiving from walking in the kingdom into the hearts, into the lives of other people so that we are replicating and going on and on. So that uh, this change that will be, I, I believe it'll be from September to December of this year that we will be building what we're going to build as the team comes together and things start to happen in that way. I can teach on any night I want to. I mean, I can, I, I've got enough programs and things that are going on and yeah, I got some more coming um, because I like to launch people actually. I like to, um, I like to help others to do. So here's a question that I think is pretty 
pretty good here. This is Minister Frederick asking, is there something that I do to yield? And the answer to that, I don't know if you're asking me personally, if there's something that I do to yield, or if, if that's a general question, but let me try to answer it two ways. The first answer to the question, is, is there something that you do to yield? The answer is yes, and you'll find it in Luke 137. You submit. You say, behold, the, the, the well, here it is. You'll find it in Luke 137, but you also find it in Matthew 6, 33. And then you're going to find it throughout. Behold, the, the, the handmaiden of God is Mary's way of saying it. But isn't it interesting that then Jesus said it this way, not nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He said that in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the middle of that, in the prayer that he taught the disciple, his disciples, his followers, he said, used to say your kingdom come and your will be done. Now, those three incidents all happened before Calvary. So we know that the kingdom has come because the Bible says that the kingdom dwells within. And so we don't actually have to say your kingdom come, though I did keep saying that for a lot of years. But we know that the kingdom has come within us. But I can say your, your kingdom come, your will be done in my intercessions. Let your kingdom be seen here. I am claiming this territory. It must yield to the will of God. And the, so the something that I do to yield is to get his picture. Uh, if you wanted me to answer it personally, what is the picture that you're showing me? That's the pic only picture that I'm to have. There is no other picture. It's not my job to make it come to pass because you showing me what's on your heart, Lord. But it is my it is my voice activation. Thank you, Prophet Andrew, for that. It is my voice and Prophet Andrew Gonzalez. My voice activates. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes to that, Lord. Yes to that. Yes to your will. There is no other will for me. There is no other source for me. Have I borrowed money? Sure, I have. Have I done this? Have I done that? But I'm learning that my source to repay is according to assignment. It's according to what has been assigned to me to get out of debt, to pay the debts. So I take what is assigned that come, as it comes and I use it for what it is assigned to do. When I do that, there's supernatural debt cancellation because I took what he gave me for the debt and I applied it to the debt because he said there, um, forgive my debtors. I forgive y'all for holding this against me. I forgive me for doing whatever, however y'all want to do that part. But there is finance that is specifically assigned to the debt. Don't use it for the food. Don't use it for the play. Don't use it for this and that and the other. Don't use it for more clothing. See, now take the principles of Matthew chapter six, where he said, don't be concerned about what you eat, but I need something to eat or I need something to wear. And this is what I've got. So I'm going to use it for this. No, you're not because it was appointed for that. If you move it to take it, it's the voice speaking. It is actually a voice resonating. That money, that obedience says to the mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea. You can't stay because obedience is resonating, resonating, resonating. And the foundation of the mountain has to crumble because of what is happening in by the by the realm of the spirit okay i like that um nicole so yes yeah, supernatural debt cancellation through obedience to him is that awesome or what oh i just knew that no i did not i came out of i'm just as surprised as you are <laughs> i like it too and i'm uh, now frederick what you were saying all right i'm gonna yield to this 
supernatural debt cancellation comes through obedience. So the next thing that you give me that comes to pay something, it ain't going nowhere but to that thing. You know, how many of you have ever uh, borrowed something and, or use, I've used my credit card and said, okay, but when I have this money come in, I'm going to use it to pay that debt, that bill back. Right. And instead I use it. Oh, I didn't know Macy's was having this, or I did something else because why? Because I knew I had other money coming in, but I spoke specifically about that money and what it was. Yeah. But I, I didn't know that I was going to have this need at this time, but there's already finances assigned to that need. That will show up once you do what you said you would do with what you said. You know, you said that when this came in, you would put it back. So put it back. Yes, but this needs to be met. It's not your job to meet the need. It's God's job. My obedience opens the door for the provision that is necessary for more. Do you understand? So um, we got a lot of twisted stuff. I would reference you to the teachings of our Apostle Baker, Apostle Dr. Baker, uh, our Apostle, who just happens to be a doctor in psychology, Apostle Baker, and the things that she teaches on wealth. You can go to uh, either the Loving, most of her programs now are on Loving Unity broadcast, and listen to what the, the apostolic release. Now, what I'm doing is taking from that apostolic and that prophetic release. And I am bringing it to a level of practical application. And yet practical application is not the practicality of the world. It is the practicality of the spirit, the guarantee of the spirit. You do it this way, which makes no sense to you. It does not make sense to take money to keep my promise to something else when I have a need. Yeah, it may not make sense. But it sure does create integrity and it sure does increase faith and expectation because the same source that it came from to do the one thing, to give me the empowered me to keep my word is the same source that empowers me to pay everything else off. Am I walking in this? Yeah. Learning how to do it. Have I tanked at it? Yep. <laughs> I'm shaking my head not to say, no, I haven't, but to say, "Ooh, the picture that that brings. But yes, I am learning how to do this. Why? Because it's obedient. It is obedience to him. This is a big one, peeps. This one is huge. We will be cutting this coconut open and drinking from the milk. Yes, we will. <laughs> because I can see it. And I, what has been imparted will bring revelation to others. There's a whole lot more when we talk about the relationship with wealth, which I will. Um that will open it more because I'm learning how to manifest these things. All right. So that's all I'm going to say on that part, but it is tremendous because again, we're talking about relationships. Kingdom 101 is the elementary principles, even of relationship in walking with him. Okay. And so that's what we're talking about. And so here's how we start to depart from the ways of common sense and the ways of the world to move into the ways of the kingdom. It will not make sense to your natural mind. It may seem really nuts because here's an expression from the world. Let's see if I get it right. Um, a pit, uh, I, I, an ounce of provision 
is worth uh, is worth a pound of something. I can't recall all these different things, but um, a bird in the hand. That's the one I want. Thank you. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. In other words, what they're saying is what I've got in my hand, I should be able to use that to meet this immediate need, even though I though what's in my hand came to fulfill a promise or a pledge that I made. But the truth is, is that unless it, 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 money has to have and, and handling wealth, there has to be integrity connected to it. And so you have to keep your word and do what you said that you would do. Uh, Psalm 37, is it? Lord, who can ascend to your holy hill? He who has clean hands, right? Um, that has a heart that's pure, who would swear to their own hurt and yet not change, yet not move away from what they said they would do. Well, I, how am I gonna get? And you, you go in through all these gyrations in your mind, it's like uh, the same source. I have asked this question and I would advise you to ask yourself this. When is the first time God ever failed you? The answer is he hasn't. He doesn't know how. Failure is not in heaven's DNA. <laughs> he doesn't know how to fail. So why would you expect him to? I know he never failed me yet. Well, yet is stupid because you're implying that you expected him to. And he's never going to fulfill that expectation because he would have to, there would have to be failure in heaven in order for God to release failure. Because God doesn't bring something out of nothing. He produces everything from himself. And so if it's not in him, it's not available to us. Failure is not available to us. It's not even that it's not an option. Well, it is good. It's not an option. It's not, we don't carry that in the kingdom. We don't carry sickness in the kingdom. Yeah, well, I, I'm not feeling well. Okay, your body is not feeling well and your body is simply obeying. I, I want some of you to start forgiving yourself for being sick and feeling like I failed God because I, I was, and instead start thinking, well, maybe it's time I started telling my body, you don't actually have to be sick. Your body can get to a place where even when the symptoms hit you, it's like, oh, no, 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 we don't do this. <laughs> That's not something that we do. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, but we're going to pass on that. Yes, we are. We, we, we're not, we're not predisposed towards sickness and disease. We're not predisposed. Yeah, but it, it shows up in your body. I know it shows up in your body, but words can change the condition of your body, the words of the kingdom. Ask me questions about this stuff, y'all. Not tonight because I've got six minutes before I'm going to finish, but think of some questions. Post them anyway. And let's get into what, how the kingdom sees it, because that's what we're talking about is the kingdom's perspective. And there is no other. So you can't mix the way God sees it with the way you see it. Well, this is how I see it. Nobody asked you how you see it. Use it as a point of reference to see how low you can go and then say, you know what? Instead, I'm going to take it on the way that God sees it. That's how I start manifesting Last few words, as a son, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the, the, the Christ, uh, the one, as they called him, all these things. Jesus walked only as the son of God. You and I, citizens of the kingdom, 
Our citizenry, part of what makes it up is sonship. We are sons of the king. So why y'all get so cheap <laughs> on everything and think, oh, this is too much. This is too much. And usually it's not something that you want to spend money on. It's either on something that God is saying, I want you to invest in that. Um, I, I read something recently, woman of God, she said, you know, he didn't give me money to hoard. He gave it to me to expand the kingdom. And she wasn't talking about buying all her shoes from Neiman Marcus and doing this, that, and the other. That's not what she was talking about. She was saying, I have allowed myself to be afraid sometimes when God has told me to invest in something, but what I had was all I had. Because now you got to make the correlation, but what you have was given to you for the assignment. It wasn't given to you to take care of yourself. Who is going to take care of yourself? This is not... Um, I want to say it this way. The expectation, don't, don't put the expectation upon yourself that I've got to get this overnight. Put the expectation on yourself that it is in you, it has begun a good work in you, it will be brought to completion, and it will seem like you got it overnight. Because the principle of Mark chapter 4, okay, that the king is like a man that sowed a seed, and he watered it day and night. That's what you're going to do by your words, what you say. And stop saying, I'm calling this into being. Once you've called it, you've called it. Now you call it what it is. You come here, money come, you know, all that kind of great stuff. No, once you called it, you called it. Now you let it know this is where you belong. This is what your placement is. Some of y'all really want your money, I can tell, because I'm still talking about it. <laughs> I'm going to direct you. You go over there and take care of this. You go over here and take care of that. You come here. You're supposed to be in the savings account. You're supposed to be over there opening up this new part. You're why? Because, oh, the Deuteronomy eight eighteen principle comes into play, comes into um, fruition in this part. But I will have to talk about it. If you want to talk about this next week, let me know. We'll talk about your relationship with money. We'll talk about your relationship with wealth. We'll talk about your relationship, if you got one, with poverty and lack. <laughs> Most of us, we keep trotting out that little ugly thing out. You know, <laughs> do I have a relationship? I've had people say, oh, you know, we're friends. We're friends. It's like, I didn't know I got a relationship with you. I didn't know I had a relationship with you. When did you call me? <laughs> I'm not her. But oh, yeah, we friends. That's what they tell somebody. Oh, she, that's my girl. Oh, yeah, we tight like this. It's like, I didn't know. When did we get tight like that? <laughs> That's how some of us are with money, you know, with wealth. It's like, you're supposed to be tight like this with wealth. It's like, I am. Because you see, I've been hanging out with the trolls, <laughs> poverty and lack for so long. I didn't know. <laughs> you may as well laugh. It's funny. <laughs> you got to get rid of one in order to take on the other. You don't get to marry both. No mixture. So it's a process that doesn't take long once the principles of the kingdom start to go in it. I have so much fun with Kingdom 101. I love this message. I love that I'm able to teach this. I am so blessed and so honored. And so I'm going to bring it to an end because we could go on and on. Really, we could. Hello, Apostle Peter. It's good to see you. Thank you. Um, so I want to say to everybody, I've been having fun. I pray that you have too.
<laughs> because there's a lot of things, but we're still going to look at the, the origins of truth. Truth is the origin, truth, the reality of what he has said. That's, that's it. And we'll look at some more of that next week as I, we prepare this for the ministers to talk, see, because there's so much more to this than the way, the ways that it has been understood are guaranteed to frustrate you. Whenever there's a mixture from what God has said to what man, how man thinks it should be, there is great frustration and controversy. Now the kingdom message is controversial all by itself because it tells the world, you need me, I don't need you. I know how to uh, come in above you and bring you into subjection. And the kingdom message tells the world, but you will never be able to bring me into subjection. And that's part of why there's an issue because man has been trained by circumstances, life and so forth, the quest for power, earthly, sensual, devilish beliefs to always want to be superior to God. A humble spirit says, no, I'm not. And I'm going to submit um, to the truth. Anytime here's where you know you got to clash when you think that you know better than God and when God gives you the wisdom by his spirit to speak to you and you decide you don't want to do it because you know a better way. I have been that person. I do not advise it. It, it is a really excellent, unless what you're looking at or looking for is an excellent way to prolong your agony <laughs> and um, cause and delay your victory. Let's not do that. So it's time to receive the, the tithes, offerings. It's time. What's their opportunity? It's been there to release uh, the tithes, offerings, and so forth. Ask your questions. Will the ministers, there's Minister Frederick Johnson, there's Minister Nicole Brown. They're both on here. And they can collect these things and, and you know, whatever your questions may be. Write them during the week. If you happen to be watching this particular broadcast, this teaching, and we're no longer live. That's okay. We get the notifications when you're posing your questions. So please do so. We love exploring and looking at the things of the kingdom of God, which is what we have done tonight. So having said all that, I want to say to you that you are loved astoundingly, amazingly, in such a precious way. I encourage you again, John 15, verse 9, in the Passion Translation, you must... It is important to abide in him and remain in union with him and allow his love to nourish your heart. Because the more that you allow his love to nourish your heart, the stronger, the brighter your countenance and the more powerful we will start to see the evidence of the kingdom at work in you. I am Lindsay Lee, the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship and training center it has truly been my honor to have this conversation with you about the kingdom of God. We call it Kingdom 101 Relationships. It is the reality of life in the kingdom of God. So I will see you next week. I love you very much. Yay! <laughs> and good night, everybody. <laughs>